Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Institute for Government event. Uh, we're coming to you from the uh, Darlington Economic Campus, and we are asking uh, whether the campus is a blueprint for successful uh, civil service relocation. I've got a fantastic panel of people. We're going to have a really good uh, discussion, but before we get started, we'll um, uh, hear from uh, uh, one of my colleagues about the research that we've been doing at the IFG about the campus and from Minister uh, Baroness um, Penn. But before we get there, a um, few uh, introductions uh, and words to kick us off. My name is Alex Thomas. I'm a programme director um, at the IFG. I lead our work on the civil service and policy making. And one of the things we've been doing over the course of the last um, six months or so is this project looking into the uh, Darlington uh, Economic Campus. We're also really pleased that PA Consulting have partnered with uh, this and a number of other uh, events. We're uh, very grateful for the um, collaboration with uh, PA. Uh, and we will hear a little bit more from them uh, as well in a moment. Um, we'll be live tweeting from at IFG events. Uh, the hashtag is hashtag IFG civil service. So do um, follow and uh, tweet along uh, with uh, that. There'll also be the opportunity for questions for those in the room, but also I'm getting uh, uh, questions through already uh, on Slido. So for those online, use the, uh, uh, use the box by the side of your um, screen in order to uh, submit a question. And we'll try and get through as many of those um, as possible. Um, so the campus is establishing itself as the civil services flagship, flagship office outside London. Uh, the Chancellor has uh, described it as moving decision makers and advisors closer to the communities we serve. So we'll be talking about how and whether it has changed the way policy uh, is made, what difference it's made to the local uh, area, uh, and how it contributes to uh, levelling up. What are the factors behind its success? Uh, and should it be used as a blueprint for future relocations? And also, what are the risks uh, around it? You know, we, we took a pretty positive review of the um, uh, campus in our report, but how do you sustain that and how do you um, build on that um, in the future? Um, so really looking forward to getting uh, Doug into um, all of uh, that. But first, I'm going to hand over to Nigel Robinson, who's a partner at PA Consulting, who will kick us off. Morning, everybody. Um, I just wanted to say what a real privilege is to be here today, and despite LNER's best efforts, you're unfortunately going to be stuck with me for the, for the next five minutes. Um, I love coming back to the northeast. I was born in, in Newcastle um, many years ago, although the accent probably doesn't, doesn't give that away. But if, if I look at Newcastle as a kind of blueprint for talk transformation over the years, I remember as a kid, um, we'd go over the Tyne Bridge and you'd look down, and, and it was a working port. You know, there was ships going in and out, there were shipyards, and it was a real hustle and bustle city. However, if you repeat the same journey now, you go across and look down the same way, it's all bars, restaurants, and apartments. Similarly, when, um, you know, again, as a child, we used to go up to, um, well, at the time it was just called The Hill. It's now called Angel Hill, because this is pre predates the, uh, the Angel of the North. And my grandfather and I would fly kites, and we'd have picnics up there, and we'd look down the valley, and you'd see the, uh, the winding engines from the various collieries, whether it was the Betian or the Kibblesworth Colliery. And again, if you go and repeat that same journey now and look at the same view, all you've got is like, the metro centre down in, in Team Valley. And again, you know, that's just uh, evidence of how transformation is inevitable and how reinvention is, is, is necessary in order to kind of keep you know, progressing and growing. So, as I said, notwithstanding LNER's best efforts to come up to stop me getting up here today, it reminded me again of the journey I used to do as a child when we come back up north and my parents used to give us 10p for the first person who'd see the Pentra Monument for those that, for those that know it. So, um, and, y y you know, PA ourselves, we, we recognise the, the, the necessity to sort of move out into the communities we, you know, we work within. 
you know, we've now opened offices in, in Belfast and uh, opening a new office in Bristol and have opened offices in Birmingham and, and Edinburgh as well. And similarly, all of our innovation and technology is now driven out of Cambridge as a, as a, as a hub for all of our global innovation and technology. So it's a real delight and a real privilege to be here today. Um, I'm very passionate about, uh, you know, regeneration, having, having sort of lived through and seen it over many years. So um, looking forward to a fantastic event, looking forward to a brilliant panel of speakers. So um, enjoy the day. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Nigel. Um, I'm going to hand over now to my colleague, Jordan Urban, who's a researcher at the uh, IFG. Jordan and I wrote the um, report together, so he'll give us a few uh, highlights from the work that we did. Well, thank you, Alex, and thank you, Nigel, and to PA Consulting for being fantastic partners um, on this event. So, as Alex mentioned, for those that don't know, um, this event is coming off the back of a report that we published on the deck evaluating its success so far, the risks to that success going forward, and the lessons it offers for current and future relocations. I'm going to briefly praise that report before we then pass over to our panel. Paper involved a two-day trip up to Darlington in November last year, and it's great to see so many people we spoke to then in the room here today. Why do we choose to look at Darlington? Frankly, it's because it's the civil service relocation that's so far working the best. We heard positive things emanating from Darlington, but also heard people in London telling us to use it as a case study because it was already improving the way that the civil service worked. We wanted to establish whether that was true, and if so, why the deck was being successful while other relocations over many years have had mixed reviews. And our report overall paints a positive picture of the campus. There are broadly three reasons the government wants to relocate more civil servants, and particularly senior and policy civil servants, outside of London. First, to allow talented people who do not want to live or work in London to contribute more effectively to the civil service. Second, to shift what it perceives as civil servants' London-centric mindsets by exposing them to experiences outside the capital. And then third, to economically level up deprived areas by relocating public sector jobs to those parts of the country. So far, the campus is succeeding on those first two. The jury's still out on the third. We're a bit more sceptical. Um, we found that the campus has been attracting people who might not otherwise have joined the civil service. So of the Treasury officials based here, 69% are first-time joiners. And we found that the campus was connecting officials with external stakeholders in the northeast that they otherwise might not have come into contact with. From the levelling up perspective, it is too early to properly evaluate the economic impact. But while it will be positive news for Darlington itself, we do see little chance of spillover effects into the wider region. And the relocation of public sector jobs in themselves shouldn't be seen as a primary tool to reduce regional economic inequality. Where the campus has made the biggest levelling up impact, in our estimation, is on the kind of town's sense of pride in place. That's another of the levelling up missions. But it's still early days to the campus, as, as Alex said, and there are risks to its continued success. Um, senior civil servants must remain visible leaders to show junior staff that they have a route to the top, and ministers must continue to support hybrid working so that staff can do their jobs from Darlington. Otherwise, they'll get dragged back to London as their career progresses. The campus must continue to attract and retain the best people, otherwise it will fail. The civil service as a whole must overhaul the way that it attracts external talent, and the deck must establish and maintain its own version of sought-after accelerator roles which advance people's civil service careers if it is to attract that ambitious talent. And while embracing and demonstrating the benefits of developing and providing policy advice from outside London, staff at the deck must retain a national focus and be alert to the risks posed by working across multiple sites and away from Parliament. Teams at the deck must sustain efforts to reduce siloed working both between departments and between teams in Darlington and the rest of the country. And for the deck to reach its full potential, the rest of the civil service needs to adapt to get the best out of it. The civil service needs to become more open to new perspectives. 
There are lessons that can be drawn from the campus for other relocations. They include that first, ministerial and senior civil service buy-in and permission to work in a hybrid way are essential to success. Moving senior jobs to a new location first, as happened here, is crucial to showing that new offices are serious endeavours. Second, there are large benefits to co-locating departments in single-themed campuses like an economic campus, gives civil servants varied career paths while also channeling movement between jobs more productively to allow officials to develop greater subject-specific knowledge. It also plays a big role in reducing departmental silos by making it easier for them to work together. And third, well-connected towns can be good places to host civil service offices. Now, there tends to be a trade-off between locating offices in towns and in cities. One of the big advantages of cities is that they tend to have larger and more skilled labour markets. Darlington so far, though, is cautious proof that well-connected towns with large travel-to-work areas can provide offices with the workforces they need. With that, I'll hand over to Baroness Penn, who will be responding to the findings of our research. So, thank you. Thanks, Jordan. Pithy summary. Baroness Penn. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan, for that summary. And I think um, the short version of my response is I agree with <laughs> almost everything that's in the report, but I have a longer version here that I should probably uh, attempt to um, deliver as well. And it's really fantastic to be up in Darlington celebrating the success of DEC with the community that has supported it from the outset and made it possible. And I'm really thrilled that the report recognises the widespread benefits of delivering civil service opportunities outside of London. As Jordan said, the importance of the campus in bringing more decision making outside of London and closer to the people it affects and supporting uh, levelling up in the UK cannot be understated. It allows us to take a fresh look at how we make policy by creating a culture of challenge and championing diversity of thought. And that is embedded in how we work in a cross-departmental space here at DEC. And the campus is creating new and exciting career pathways in the region, providing access to key economic decision-making, which means that kids that go to school in Darlington or Yarm or Egglescliff, Bishop Auckland or Middlesbrough don't have to leave their communities in order to have a rewarding, varied, successful careers in government. And it's great to see that the positive impact that DEC is having already. And I'm confident that we will reach our target of having 1,200 new civil service roles based here by 2025, on top of the 750 uh, existing DFE roles. But we know to do that and for DEC to continue its fantastic track record as a hub for policy and decision making outside of London, we cannot be complacent. We need to make sure that we learn the lessons of what has worked so far, where there have been challenges, and also uh, reflect on what it means to almost double in size from where we are today. So far, around 80% of our staff are recruited locally, which means that the people that work on the campus are the same people that are swimming at the Dolphin Centre, running around South Park, sending their kids to local schools, and coming from a range of backgrounds outside of the civil service. And that means our colleagues' experience becomes instrumental in shaping government policies that reflects the needs of the people it affects. Being part of the fabric of the local community is what makes DEC a trailblazing site and, I think, a model for other regional hubs. But if we want the civil service to be representative of the communities it serves, we need to make sure our recruitment processes support that and ensure that people from a range of backgrounds get through the door. 
Not only that, we also need to make sure that this is a place where there continue to be opportunities to advance to the most senior roles without the need or expectation of relocation. And I know that there is a huge amount of work already underway to deliver this. The campus has already run over 200 outreach programmes, as well as innovative work experience and internship events. And this is a region with immense talent, enthusiasm and potential. And we need to make sure that we continue at the campus to engage with the community. That means that we're making, uh, taking the best advantage of it. But it's also an opportunity for us to improve the way the civil service works more broadly. Uh, reflections such as those in the report on the inaccessibility of civil service recruitment to people external to the organisation are not just important for making a success of DEC, but improving the diversity of talent across the whole of the civil service. And the same is true about how we can make hybrid and uh, multi-site working really work for us. We're learning as we go and best practice is always being developed, but it will take continued leadership at all levels to support this. The Prime Minister regularly works from the Darlington office and has demonstrated that working from outside London is not only possible, but enables a fresh uh, perspective. And as I learned this morning, a quick trip to Harry's Donuts also helps that process uh, immeasurably. I can't believe I haven't been uh, on my previous trips. Um, but more seriously, having a hub in Darlington means our leaders have a direct and meaningful connection with local businesses and the wider community. But just as important as ministers coming to deck as ensuring hybrid working uh, means that the commitment of any job anywhere is really a reality. And again, in this respect, DEC can serve as a model for the rest of government. People are working more flexibly from home, uh, not just uh, here, but across government. And the challenge then for how you build teams and forge relationships in that hybrid government is something for all of us uh, to think about and develop. And the focus that DEC has on making that relationship with London and the whole of government work means that it will produce lessons uh, for the rest of government also. So moving over 1,200 government roles to the economic campus by 2025 is an ambitious project. And to deliver on this, it's really important that we continue to evaluate our progress and keep on improving and adapting. And that's why we particularly welcome this report today and are committed to transparency and accountability as we move forward. Collaboration with external and internal organisations like the Institute for Government, the Cabinet Office Places for Growth and Darlington Borough Council reflect the campus's commitment to sharing knowledge and best practice. And this report is a key input to the campus's continued development. This process will foster continuous improvement and enable future projects to learn from this pioneering uh, initiative. So I think in answer to the question you put today, Darlington is fast becoming the go-to place to learn about how to effectively build government hubs and uh, will continue to both learn from other locations and lead the way in providing a blueprint for the future of a modern uh, civil service. So I'm really excited to have the discussion um, with the panel today and hear more about everyone else's thoughts uh, about how we continue to build on the success we've had to date. So thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, uh, and I'm sure our friends at PA Consulting won't mind the extra plug for Harry's Donuts. Um, uh, I think we can, uh, you know, 
live with all of those. Uh, so uh, we'll get into the discussion now. I'll introduce the uh, panel, um, who, uh, as uh, I said, a brilliant group to discuss this with, starting uh, on my left, my far left, uh, Joe Krellin, who's a Director General at the Department for Business and Trade. Then uh, second permanent secretary is the business and commercial editor at the Northern Echo, uh, Beth Russell. Um, uh, second permanent secretary to the Treasury, uh, Baroness Penn, Treasury Lord Minister, Jojo Penn, who you've heard from, and uh, Andrew Perkin, who's the business growth and investment manager at Darlington um, Borough Council. So uh, let's get into it. Um, Beth, I thought I'd start with you and with quite a sort of personal reflective question about what moving to the campus has meant for you, what's it meant for your, um, uh, your career, your family life, uh, why did you come up here and how's it been, I suppose? Brilliant, thank you. Um, great to see everybody here. Um, so from a career perspective, I just really jumped at the chance of, of, of doing this. I'm somebody that has always really passionately felt that the civil service is too London-centric. I actually started my civil service career more than 20 years ago up in in Newcastle and then felt I had to move to London because I wanted to work in, in what we call in government policy uh, and uh, work closely with ministers and uh, couldn't, couldn't really do that outside London. So um, this was just uh, a sort of no-brainer really and something that I really wanted to be involved in, uh, feel really passionately about and uh, just a real chance to make a, a difference. Um, luckily my husband was up for, the, <laughs> up for the move and actually as part of all of this we, uh, we decided to uh, really have a kind of lifestyle change, so move from living in East London, uh, out into the countryside in North, in North Yorkshire, and now living on a, on a farm. Um, and both from a career perspective and a personal perspective, it's just been absolutely uh, brilliant to have the chance to, uh, you know, set the campus up, uh, to uh, see the great people we've recruited, the difference they're making to, to the civil service. And I think really importantly, actually, um, Baroness Penn mentioned it, I think really different for me, um, Working here as opposed to working in Whitehall is the feeling of being part of a local community here and it is something that everybody that works here feels so passionately about and it's just, a, it's, it's really it's really great. I just also wanted to say, I mean, I, I, um, I was a director general when I moved here and I'm now second permanent secretary. I spend a lot of my time directly advising the chancellor and, and sometimes the prime minister uh, and it is perfectly possible for me to do that from uh, here, I think it makes me a better civil servant. I do not go down to London uh, all the time. I can I can do it a lot of the time from uh, from here, and um, I think it's just uh, yeah. I could go on and on, but it's been a great experience for me personally. There'll be more opportunities to, uh, to to come into that, and that does. I mean, that echoes one of the points in the research, which is that less than the sort of ministerial visit, the permission to operate remotely is uh, really important. We may get into um, more of that as we as we go on, and also interested. Um, Beth and Joe uh, uh, on some of the sort of consequences for the civil service and different grades and how, what, it, what it means for the sustainability of the civil service. But um, I'll move on to, to Andrew uh, to uh, look a bit from the outside. What difference from your perspective has the campus made to the town? Um, uh, and I can imagine you're going to tell us lots of positives. Are there any tensions either around the kind of the labour market or um, you know, these um, tre treasury types coming up from London or uh, anything else? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I will we'll focus on the positives, honest. Um, I think there are, there are broadly four areas where we've seen a real positive impact of the arrival of the Treasury and DEC uh, since its announcement in uh, March 2021. Um, I think the first and foremost, it's been image and reputation. Um, I think the phrase putting Darlington on the map has been used quite extensively, and it is so very true that it's exposed Darlington, the opportunities in Darlington, to a much wider audience and a much wider 
economic audience, people really interested in why, why have the government chosen Darlington for this relocation opportunity and really inquiring about well, what, what are those, those opportunities. So it's allowed us to, I suppose, talk about accessibility, connectivity, and to really promote the town. And, it, and as I said, it, it just gives us a whole new platform to raise the awareness of, of what Darlington is and, and, and what the opportunities are. It's also actually been quite significant in terms of, I'll call it investment, um, whether that be general inquiries about the town, on the back of the image, on the back of the promotion, on the back of the press uh, following the initial announcement. People were, again, interested about Darlington. Businesses were interested about Darlington. So we actually generated a, a much higher level of inquiries on the back of that publicity. Lots of those inquiries were more general, if we're briefly honest. They were you know, inquisitive. Some have actually turned into potential inquiries with possible investments coming to Darlington. Others have actually realised investment where people have moved to Darlington as a consequence of the deck announcement. I think it'd be easy to say that these investments are because of DEC and are associated with DEC. Some are, a lot from the professional and legal services professions. But again, because of the increase in profile, we've had inquiries around investment opportunities from a wider range of sectors. So again, that positive impact is really good at kind of promoting really economic growth for wider Darlington, not just DEC itself. The third area, I think, is around economy. Um, clearly it's early days yet in terms of the journey that we're on with DEC, but obviously the establishment of DEC here, the creation of six, seven hundred jobs so far in, in the town, um, that clearly brings an economic benefit, not just to those individuals, but to the wider town, to the wider economic um, marketplace. So we're starting to see that those kind of benefits and hopefully Darlington's town centre is now um, improved in terms of its viability, in terms of its vibrancy, and we're, we're kind of seeing those kind of um, attributes and making a strong town centre. Clearly, as time goes on, the economic benefit will be considerable. We're actually doing some economic modelling work to kind of predict what kind of level that will be, so we have a, a better understanding of the, the, the economic, the financial impact of the town. The work's not complete yet, but the early data suggests it's around £85 million per year extra spend in the local economy. That's significant for any location, so that's something we clearly want to expand upon more and, and learn more about that. Likewise, there's direct job creation. There's also indirect job creation. So on top of the, the jobs that will be created in debt, you know, the, the, the modelling suggests there'll be almost like another 1,000 jobs in the local economy. That's important for local people. That gives us more opportunities. And I suppose the, the final area really is, is looking at career opportunities. The arrival of DEC in Darlington has been touched on already, presents a whole new range of opportunities for people to change career, to start their careers around government roles, around civil service, around policy development. And again, it's that opportunity to have those roles in Darlington um, rather than having to travel to other cities or to London particularly. In terms of tensions, I will come on to tensions because, yes, there has been I know, some. I it's a bit mischievous. <laughs> no, I think it's a fair comment because, yes, it's, it's good to promote the positives and the, the positive attributes that come from the arrival of DEC. In terms of tensions, um, it's actually had a, a, a bizarre um, tension in the fact that commercial office space now in Darlington Town Centre is at a premium. Mm. So we're struggling to actually accommodate the inquiries that DEC's arrival has generated. 
Um, so that, that's a challenge for us to, 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 to work on. There's also a local labour market challenge with people moving around attracted to these new opportunities and we're seeing shifts in the local labour market, um, primarily from the public sector but also from the private sector. So we're, again we're working with partners and stakeholders to kind of address some of those tensions so that these short-term labour market shifts are, are exactly that, a short-term rather than long-term structural problems. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, brilliant. And thank you for picking up on the tension stuff as well. I think that's, it's, it's really interesting because it, it, for me, it kind of plays into the credibility of the campus as a whole is that it, you know, it will change things in the, um, uh, in the uh, local and regional environment. Um, Joe, I'll come to you now. And again, this is sort of, it's not tension exactly, but there's, there's a, uh, a kind of potential fragility to the campus. It's still early days, mm -hmm. um, loads of successes, but uh, interested to hear from you in how you think it, uh, the campus will give the best shot to make it stick uh, and how to make it kind of invulnerable to changes in government or fashion or, um, or whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's a question that we talk about a fair bit actually. I mean we're aware that we've been through a period of you know, really rapid growth um, and successful growth actually. We've got fantastic people working here including quite a lot of senior leaders, a higher density of senior leaders here than elsewhere. That's probably part, frankly, of the success here. And that's something we need to be kind of, you know, keep an eye on because actually that kind of that balance shifts and that would be complicated. Um, you know, what, what I, I think what we're trying to do here is, is if I may, break some things. Um, and that is about kind of, you know, partly about being in a different place than government's ever thought of being before, doing jobs outside of London in a different way. But it's also government doing things in a different way internally. And I think we're proving that we can, we can, make th we can do things differently, that we don't all need to sort of sit in separate buildings and sort of, you know, arrange to meet each other by Teams calls for 20 minutes. We can actually sit next to each other. We can be curious about each other's work. We've got a whole pile of stuff, I don't know, you may or may not have seen it, but we do a, we've got a big sort of piece on culture here. It's okay to, and it's not okay to. We want people to feel like they're part of a campus, that they, they feel committed to the campus and not just to the job that they're doing uh, in the campus. So we work a lot on culture, that will make a difference. We, we get our, in terms of a sort of a wider license to operate, it's a really important point. We will succeed only if we have the license to operate from our, um, uh, uh, our kind of home departments, if you like. And that means that ministers are prepared to be advised down the line, uh, that our colleagues are prepared to believe that there are, you know, that they can usefully use kind of talents from across the UK, including from, uh, from DEC, and that that kind of, you know, all jobs are equal no matter where they're done in the country. Now, that license is one that we can help to drive and create, but it's one that is also kind of one that is negotiated. So that's a bit that we're working on too. There's a political dynamic. Uh, the Prime Minister has been here quite a lot. That's brilliant. You have to think about what that signal that sends in a kind of range of different outcomes from the next election. We're thinking about that quite hard uh, too and making sure that we're building the, the connections that we have locally uh, with kind of various parts of the community we hope will help to make that a bit more, a bit more evergreen. But it feels, it does feel fragile. I feel like we sort of describe it here a bit as a sort of difficult second album phase of our growth. <laughs> um, uh, um, but it also feels like there's a momentum here which is a little bit unstoppable, actually. Um, we are breaking things which basically are sort of driving the way for other sort of, you know, bits of places for growth kind of uh, relocations. And um, we, we embrace that. We love that. We want to be the pilots. We want to be the people at the forefront of doing all of this stuff. And I, I suspect, I hope that uh, that will kind of, you know, that momentum will keep us going for a fair while yet. Mm -hmm. Just to add, Beth, just to add one yeah. thing to that. I mean, I think... 
course, this is a political um, endeavour as well, um, but it is something that is completely supported by the leadership of the of the civil service. And I think that's a really important um, aspect to all of this and, and talking about breaking things. You know, we've got some licence from, you know, Simon Case, Alex Chisholm to be testing, doing things differently here for the benefit of the civil service for the for the long term. So I think that's also a really important part of this. Yeah. Thanks, Beth. The difficult second album. I'm just now regretting we didn't have that quote to put in our report. Um, <laughs> you didn't speak to me, that's why. I know, I know, I know. It's regrets, I've had a few. Um, uh, Mike, uh, uh, then, uh, again, taking that sort of outside view, you talk to hundreds, thousands of people, no doubt, um, uh, uh, around the place. Uh, what's your perspective on uh, how and whether the campus has helped to level up um, the local area, uh, and particularly sort of the benefits or otherwise that businesses have seen? Sure, I mean, I think possibly the, the general view in the whole room is is so far so good. There's been, it's been a huge plus for the region. One of the the great joys of being in, in my role is that I'm, uh, I have this sort of split audience. So half of my audience is very learned, very experienced business people. The other half are the workers, the, the people who are interested in that sort of income side of it. And the reaction, of course, is, is split on those two audiences. The business audience, we're huge fans of a cluster effect around here, from a Teesworks point of view, from the Treasury point of view, that when a certain investment is made, when people show confidence in the region, it brings in others, as Andrew was saying. The OK, if they're showing interest, then we want to be part of that as well. And so I think that that's a, a huge part of this, that the business people saw that. They thought, this is going to be a place to invest. Something really big and special is happening here. If the Treasury are going to make that move, that's going to be significant. They're not going to do that just as a publicity ploy, clearly. So there's going to be something in that to say, OK, this is the right place to be. And that has that sort of cluster mentality. The other side of that audience will think, OK, what, what's happening here? They get up one morning and suddenly the spaceship has landed in the middle of the town. Like, what's this? What's, what's going on here? What does this mean for me? Have, have they come in peace? What are, they, <laughs> what are they going to do to us? And that's, that's, a, that's a natural thing because it's very, very new. It's not what, they've had, what we've had before in this region. So we need to understand, and that's one thing I try and do, I try and translate some of the messages to those two audiences and say, OK, this is why it's important to you, this is why it's important to you. And it is very much, of course, a very long-term benefit here. We can see the immediate benefits. It's astonishing. The, the, the amount of people that are getting local jobs here that would never have dreamt of doing that. And if they had a dreamt of doing it, they'd have thought, OK, I've got to leave my family, I've got to set up somewhere else. That's a sort of an obvious plus that we're now getting that sort of focus here. Um, you certainly notice the other businesses, so as we talk about that sort of cluster, we've got effectively a supply chain that's, sort of, that's growing here now, that, OK, if this is this sort of place, then you will get people directly feeding into Treasury. Obviously, simple things like construction, when we come to Brunswick, the, the, the new site, there's going to be construction jobs there, there's going to be all sorts of things going on. So we're still grappling with it all. We're still sort of taking it all in, but it's all pluses. We need, we really want that longevity, and we have no reason to think that's not going to happen. But that's something else that people will look for. They'll say, OK, is this just an experiment, or is it a full-blown? And my own opinion is it is clearly a very long-term investment. This isn't just going to happen and then sort of move on somewhere else. Whether it can be repeated anywhere else in the country, 
is a very challenging question because the, the matrix of elements here is possibly not able to be repeated anywhere else. It happened at exactly the right time with exactly the right people in place. So that, that's a clearly a challenge, but we've got to look after the Northeast and we are so pleased it's here. We're so pleased at the potential and if we can spread those ripples of understanding, then it's a, a powerful, powerful thing that's happening here. Thanks, Mike. That repetition question is really uh, important, and I'll ask um, uh, uh, everyone on the panel whether they come in peace or not in a minute. But um, Jojo, uh, just I mean, you, you picked up on some of these in your uh, in, in your comments earlier. But um, we heard there, we heard in the report the the importance of the, the ministerial permission, uh, as well as the visits and the kind of general support. Uh, not just to you or your colleagues in the Treasury at the moment. Do you think kind of politicians as a class? kind of get it and uh, are signed up and are on board for that, um, that kind of way of working in government? Yeah, I think they are. I think when I was looking at the report, one of the things that um, maybe I was slightly surprised by is it, it touches once or twice on COVID, but I think it is worth reflecting on the fact that the campus was established at a time when at first everyone that could was suddenly working from home and it talked, uh, Joe and Beth talked about the kind of permission to break things. COVID was a big mm. uh, moment in breaking old ways of working and bringing in new ways of working. And I think it, it was a kind of a key part of probably uh, the circumstance in which uh, DEC has been able to thrive. Then as we move post-COVID, it has changed the way that people work. And I think for the better, but it is more complicated. And when everyone was working from home, if everyone's on the Teams call or whatever, it's different than if some people are in the office and some people aren't. And that's, as I said before, it's not just a kind of question of how you make DEC work and its relationship with wider government in London. It's about how you make a blend of home working and in-office working uh, work. I think ministers are on board with it, but I think that uh, it is more complicated when you have this hybrid structure but that complication is worth it for the upsides that you get. So for the kind of uh, greater breadth in diversity that you can recruit from the different perspective uh, that you get for having uh, proper um, hubs outside of London, that, that's all kind of worth it. And I think ministers are completely bought into that. But it does mean that you have to think more carefully and that I think is why DEC has been successful is it has done a lot of careful thinking about how it makes that work whether it's up here making it a campus and a place for people to work so people aren't just working kind of remotely but with their nominal location being in DEC and then also forming that um, relationship with other um, other hubs including in London so I think it's actually useful having part of government being even more deliberate in uh, thinking about how you solve some of these problems. It requires ministerial buy-in. It has it. Each minister has their own preferences and ways of working, etc. But all of my meetings are hybrid by default. Lots of the teams that I work with day to day are, are based up here. But it's also great to be able to meet them in person. That might mean me coming up here. It might mean uh, them occasionally coming down to London. I think that human connection needs to be kept 
throughout this, but there are lots of different ways in which you can deliver it. And being smart about that, I think, is something that will actually help the whole of government. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's the sort of active consideration of it rather than yeah. just falling into things. Um, uh, I will uh, ask you just one quick cheeky supplementary that's coming online to encourage people to, uh, uh, to submit questions online. Um, any plans to move Parliament? <laughs> well, uh, that is not my responsibility. Um, but there have, the been, there have been uh, previous uh, rumours. For example, the House of Lords, where I sit, moving uh, to York. And all the upsides that Beth talked mm. about, about her decision uh, to relocate, I would absolutely uh, buy into. But it is, uh, it is beyond my uh, purview. <laughs> I had a go. Um, uh, I'll ask one sort of general question to a number of you, maybe starting with Beth and... Uh, and then going around, is that kind of replica replicability, if I can say it, point? Um, uh, how how much is Darlington's success so far based on the great transport links and the particular position in the uh, in, in the country and um, uh, travel to work areas and so on? What would your advice be to the person sitting at the next campus or the next um, hub? Uh, so interested in really all of your quick thoughts on that, and then I'll come to questions in the audience and online. But Beth, do you want to kick off? Yeah, so I'm, I, I don't think I do believe this isn't replicable, but I do think you have to think quite carefully about the, the conditions for success. I do think um, transport links both to London and to have a large enough travel to work area to you know, get a really wide range of recruitment is, is really important, but that can, it doesn't, it's not just available here. It can be replicated elsewhere. I do also think the senior leadership point that Joe talked about is, is really important. I mean, maybe we would say this, mm. but I think um, for all the reasons we've talked, talked about, um, I think having it, what's made a real difference here is having a brilliant senior, senior leadership team, not just Joe, but Pauline in the audience, Darren Morgan from ONS, lots of people who have come here and have, have a very similar vision for what we want to achieve and have been totally dedicated to uh, making it all work and I and I, as well as sending the signal that you know you can have your career here but right up to the most senior levels and I think again that's not we, we just need to find some people in other locations for what, who want to do that but um, I think that is a really important part of this. Do you want to add to that? You know vision commitment and time so I think you know it's basically having a gang of people and it is a gang that yeah. is that need to kind of get on with this this would not have worked if like the treasury were going, uh, going at it alone it would have been Great place for the treasury wouldn't have been a campus though. And what's made the difference is that in all of the organisations that are here, most of them they've got kind of you know visible kind of energetic sort of uh, senior leadership kind of driving it. Um, time, frankly, it's a bit you know the point that the Baroness made about being deliberate is really true. It takes a hell of a lot of time to make it happen. It doesn't it doesn't just happen um, uh, by itself. So you need to kind of make that sort of commitment, including kind of you know embedding uh, with the local community and the outreach and all the things that have made it feel really special here. That all takes. Um, time um, uh, and energy. The job market matters. Although, I mean, there were lots and lots of people when Darlington was announced who kind of went, oh, God, you know, well, that's going to be a disaster. And it hasn't been. And we've absolutely proved them wrong. So I, I think that people will travel for good jobs. You know, there'll be a limit to what they'll travel for. But, you know, if you can get somewhere which is reasonably well connected, actually, you will find that there are markets kind of, you know, um, um, around that. The point about sort of a, a, a commitment from uh, um, the politicians, our politicians ma matters. Um, hugely, and a bit kind of knowing what you want to do in a place. Well, why are you there? I think we know why we're here. Um, there are some good reasons to be in Darlington. So kind of for anywhere else, it's like, well, why there? You know, what is it uh, that makes that place, place particularly special and having a real sense of that kind of um, uh, connection? But no, it's completely, and after we've broken everything, it'll be absolutely <laughs> replicable everywhere else. Andrew, what would you say to your counterparts in other parts of the country? Um, 
I think it's been touched on. I think it's about having the right attributes available at that moment in time so that the package is available there and then to deliver what's been asked. I think as well as the accessibility and connectivity, um, the availability of space, um, I think there's the, the, the support of key stakeholders to bring into that outside of mm -hmm. the, the Treasury and the Darlington Economic Campus. So in terms of Darlington Borough Council, the combined authority, and other stakeholders like Teesside University and the Darlington College, I think they're all part of that package to, to be lined up, ready to deliver a successful development. And I think that's, in some ways, from, from the external point, that's kind of how we've evolved. It's been developed as a partnership. It's not the arrival of DEC as a spaceship. It's actually been integral to the Darlington community. Yeah, I think it's important to, to reflect and applaud the, the, the amount of work that's gone on to make this happen in the right sort of place. It hasn't just landed and said, we're here, be grateful. There's an extraordinary amount of work has become, it, it has become apparent that's gone on behind the scenes to understand why this region would work if, if DEC came here what's going to happen, what's the future, and also how much of a model this can be. And an extraordinary amount of background work to say this has been done, I'm just sitting next to Beth, but not just saying that anyway, but this has been done pretty much perfectly. It couldn't have, couldn't have happened better in what's happened so far. It needs to move on, it, more, more needs to happen, it needs to have that long-termness to it. But the amount of background work and, and if that can be replicated somewhere else, then yeah, sure, it can move. Thank you. Let's come to questions. In the room uh, first, we've got a roving uh, mic. If you can say who you are and, um, uh, and where you're from, but let's go to people in the room. So there's a lady on the side there. I'll take two or three at uh, once, but you, you go first. Um, yes, Kenneth Scott. Um, I, was, I was leader of Darlington Council when the campus first came here. And I have to say, uh, from the very beginning, we were extremely excited. And the uh, communication and the links that we had with Beth from the very beginning were great. And I think everybody is saying how successful it's been. Just, and it's not a criticism, it's a comment. I think the frustrations that we had at the very beginning was the slow progress of making a decision as to exactly where it was coming to and for us to get the agreement to actually lease this building. And now, obviously, we're waiting for a decision on where the campus is going to be. And I think there was a lot of scepticism at the very beginning that it probably wouldn't happen. It is happening. Um, and as everybody's saying, we're delighted. I think the one thing that I would say, we've still got to get across to the young people that there are opportunities here. And I know I've discussed this in the past, and we're doing our best, but I think anybody here who can actually publicise that, this is the main thing for the young people of Darlington, the opportunities here. So onwards and upwards, congratulations so far. And as I say, we do need to continue. Thank you. There's a, a challenge for all of us. Thank you, uh, Heather. There was a question at the front uh, there. A gentleman, take the mic. Yeah, thank, thank you. I'm Neil Carmichael, a former Member of Parliament, as it happens, but also Chair of the Association of Dental Groups. I've got two quick questions. One is, will this uh, effectively help government departments to work together? Uh, to deal with the silo problems that uh, I used to worry about when I was in the House of Commons. Um, and the, and a sort of a, a supplementary to that question is, 
when will the Department of Education be here? Because if you cannot have an economic policy or strategy or approach without taking into account uh, the, the, the training and education issues, particularly of this region, but actually of all regions, it is central to this country's way back in terms uh, of uh, economic growth. And I think that, uh, that that's um, uh, really cr critical. My second question is about Michael Gove, basically. It's not that long ago uh, that he launched the mayor job uh, for the northeast uh, position, which doesn't include, incidentally, Darlington. Um, but that's a matter of geography, I think. But the question is basically this. Here we are at deck. great news. How does that stack up with the other element uh, of sort of regional growth strategy and, and, and uh, operations and uh, hopes that the government rightly has. Because you've effectively got potentially two or three different powers of interest which could collide, but hopefully would not. But I, admit, I still think it's an important question. Thank you. Yeah. One more, maybe, uh, if we go. Anyone else? Or we can take, there was plenty in there. Um, Let's give the word at the front, then we'll... Thank you. Bryony Holroyd, Green Party Councillor at Darlington Borough Council. Um, you mentioned that about 80% of people so far had been recruited uh, locally, um, but you said within quite a large sphere of, of travel distance to work. Um, how do you imagine that will change? Will it have to be even greater travel distance or a higher proportion of people who technically they're based here but probably work from home most of the time? Um, just what, what's, what's your expectation for the future as to how many people will actually come from Darlington Borough itself or, or the wider region? Thank you very much. Um, lots in there. Beth, maybe I'll kick off with... Uh, so the, I, I was going to say, well, shall I do outreach um, schools and departments working together? And no, no. you do the difficult ones. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. Joe. <laughs> yeah, the departments work together in action. Uh, no, the only reason why I want to say this is because I wanted to say, so the, the, the young people question about the young people is, is absolutely fundamental. Um, we've done a bundle load, loads of outreach to schools, technical colleges, universities, lots. I mean, it's, and people love doing it. They love getting out and talking to kids about kind of the opportunities. Lisa's looking at me over there, uh, 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 talking to kids about the opportunities that, that there are available in deck. And in fact, tomorrow, uh, something I'm very passionate about, we've got, uh, we're running a social mobility uh, outreach day. We've got a load of kids coming in. They're going to do a whole kind of what's it like to work in government. They're going to do a mini spending review and they're going to present their findings at the end of the day. So we're, we're, we see that as being really exciting part of what we're doing here. And it is, um, and people love to be involved in it. It's very, very exciting. So that, that is um, at, at all levels, right? So schools, uh, technical colleges, and indeed universities to try and build the links and make sure that people understand, they know that this exists as an option for them, but also that we're helping them with the skills to understand you know, what jobs look like. And a little bit, um, I think as Baroness Pam was talking about the recruitment, I mean, making sure our recruitment actually makes sense to anyone who kind of wants to work in government, because I think we don't help people understand really what it is that, um, that we do. Um, on the departments working together bit, I mean, this is, this is brilliant. I mean, I've worked in government for 20 years, more than 20 years now. I mean, the, the idea that you have got mingled all together on the same floor, people from, you know, how many, six, seven, eight, whatever government departments, who in, 
it's sometimes at a happenstance way bumping into each other and realize that they're talking about the same thing or that they can learn from each other and they overhear a conversation and they have a you know a conversation about kind of well, what's this mean for me and that happens sort of all the time and it's very very exciting slightly unstructured so the question about how do you make how do you kind of make the policy bit really really work well that's interesting in a world where you're kind of saying you can do all roles from everywhere we're not doing it we've not moved up whole teams we've been quite careful about that actually not to do that so you so it is the bit that we're working through but if i think about the sort of senior bits i mean uh, Lindsay White, who's another DG uh, from the Treasury, who's not here uh, today, uh, is kind of my opera in the Treasury. We spend quite a lot of time on the train from York to Darlington, sort of sorting out the world and sort of back again. And that that sort of stuff doesn't wouldn't happen were we not to be were we not to be here. So actually, you can start to feel some of those kind of you know. The, 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 so there's a culture bit which is brilliant and very open and very different and very kind of you know people feel able to kind of have kind of conversations with each other in work context underpinned by a really lovely kind of culture here of people doing stuff together. There was a picnic yesterday in the pouring rain. Uh, <laughs> Bouncy Castle was off, apparently. Uh, there are walking clubs. There's all sorts of things that people do socially uh, together. And then there's kind of a lot of that underpins the working. The next challenge for us is, all right, well, what are the policy bits that we can sort of really influence from, from this site? Thanks, Joe. Beth, do you want to pick up the, there was Brian's question about the sort of the 80% locally and how mm. that might change over time. I'll ask some of the uh, broader questions to, to others, but also anything else you want to pick up on? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're necessarily expecting that to change massively over time. Um, uh, the only constraint we've got um, at the moment is, is space in this building. So we are trying to recruit as quickly as we, we can. We're on track to, uh, to do that. See, we're having to have build a, a, a bigger building for us um, uh, in, in future. But I mean, I think it's a strength that we have. we're recruiting. Lots of people live in Darlington who, who work here, but from, you know, surrounding areas. And, and we're seeing people come from, you know, north of Newcastle, south of York, across to Leeds. So it is a wide travel to work area, but um, a lot of people work and live in Darlington itself. So I think it's a nice balance at the moment. And um, I mean, the Treasury has a, an expectation of at least 50% of time in the, in the office, and we wouldn't be expecting that to to, to change. So, um, yeah, and I think it goes a bit to Baroness Penn's point. I mean, I think one of the things we have a lot of people here who, uh, you know, they, they, they work here, but a lot of their teams are in, in London. But we also have a lot of people who are very new to the civil service. And I think the, the, um, the, the work that we do within the office here of getting people to understand the culture, what it means to be a civil servant, how to work, how to learn from each other, that sort of in the office um, part of that is really uh, really important when we have so many new civil servants. And just quickly, I appreciate there's probably a limit to what you can say about it, but the sort of the, the timing of decisions about the original opening of the deck, the DFE staff, I mean, what's the... And word? I should mention yeah. on the Department for Education, so actually the Department for Education were already here before the rest of us uh, arrived and have been extremely um, welcoming and, and we in fact uh, squatted in their building, which is just over there uh, for a while when we first arrived. So they are very much part of the the campus actually is a we're trying to do it better because we are across two buildings now and that um you know we but they are absolutely part of the the campus and um yeah i mean some of these things around the the building and building the new building these things sort of sometimes grind a bit uh, a bit slowly but um we are determined to keep going as fast as as we can uh thank you um on maybe andrew and jojo on the sort of the the michael gove point that neil made about the different um uh, uh Different governance structures that are developing in the in the northeast. Andrew, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I think 
I suppose it's important to remember that the impact of DEC in Darlington isn't limited to Darlington. I think there's a, a wider geography issue here in terms of we've talked about where employees come from, from, from this place of, uh, of work. People come from the, from Tees Valley Combined Authority, they come from the North Yorkshire, they come from the North East Lep area. So I think as those, those political geographies develop and emerge, I think they'll all need to understand that the DEC has this wider impact. It's not just combined to the, the Darlington Local Authority area. So I think it is important about recognising the contribution that, that DEC makes to the North East and North Yorkshire. Anything to add? Well, I think, you know, uh, devolution continues to evolve and we don't have a kind of simple and straightforward geography uh, when it comes to these uh, things. But um, you could approach uh, that issue by saying it, it must all be uniform because then you'd kind of solve all the challenges that it brings. Or you take the point that you start from where you are and you think, how can you build from there? And what most usefully can be added to powers or to structures to, to, to build from where you are? And I think that's the direction of travel that the government uh, has, is thinking about how we can build and where, and where different demand is for what powers or decision-making or um, factors would then help with their vision in pushing forward. And that will be different in, in different areas. And just to um, pick up to Heather's point about kind of letting people, and particularly young people, know that we're here and that there are opportunities here for them. As I think I said before, DEC's done a great job on this, and it's, but it's a challenge for the whole of Treasury. So if you think about the kind of geography that you could recruit to London, it's much wider than just London in the southeast. Are we getting the most from uh, the people that we could recruit uh, into either location in the Treasury? No. Do we recruit um, from enough different backgrounds and perspectives and everything else? No. And what Darlington uh, is helping us do is because we've got kind of very clear targets about how we want to grow and expand the campus, it's actually putting in place measures that I think we can learn from across the whole of Treasury and the whole of government about making ourselves more open and more accessible so that people understand that there are jobs here for them. Um, so it's really important, but it's not just important for DEC, it's important for the whole of government. But the, the kind of setting up of this uh, campus has allowed a real focus on it and it's something that I'm really keen that we we draw on for um, the work we do more widely. In I think as, as that recruitment grows as well there's a very old newspaper adage of like me mm. that the, the engagement that people have when they think oh that's just like me mm. I did that I yeah. did that and, the, and as this number of local jobs continues to grow and people say okay I can see that actually these kids that I used to go to school with or to college with they've got these sort of jobs. That's a powerful tool for engagement. Can I ask you, I was going to ask you a, a linked question on that, which relates to the um, point we touched on earlier about the kind of inevitability of uh, the growth and development. There's a question online um, from Anonymous. Um, uh, Given Rishi Sunak's personal interest in the North East, will the DEC be able to maintain its momentum under a potential Labour government, which I guess is a question of inevitability or growth? What's your take on that, Mike? I feel almost underqualified to, uh, <laughs> to, to answer that question, but I think it is about because this has been success, so successful so far, I think it has its own momentum now. And I think 
showing the benefits of doing this. Maybe if it had been had this argument sort of a couple of years ago, it might be, well, should we do this? And that would have been more of a political schism there. But I think showing, having the boldness, to be honest, to do it on this sort of scale and to show that it's working. And as I say, the more people that then start getting the local jobs, the more, the deeper the understanding of it. It becomes an almost impossible thing to undo. Why would you take all that presence and that feeling of, of wanting to, to share the power? Now, we know when, when budgets and such things happen, actual decisions are made in this building. Actual people are working together. They're collaborating to actually make the decisions that get talked about at the dispatch box. That's, because, as I say, it's got its own momentum now. It's become its own powerful thing. And I think that would be almost impossible if anyone for some reason should have the political will to remove it all and just say, no, that's not the right thing. Let's take it all back again. I don't think that's going to happen. And if it hadn't have been done so smoothly and didn't have such potential, there might have been more of an argument. But I don't think that'll happen now. I'm going to ask another popular question online uh, to Beth, and then we'll do another round in the room. But um, uh, another anonymous. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, people tend to invest in places they live rather than the places they work, where, they, where those differ. Where do Dex better paid staff live? That's where most non-London benefit of any sort will be accruing. I'm guessing Leeds, York, Durham. No, I don't think that is right. A lot of people, um, including our, our senior civil servants, live here in, in Darlington. So I think it is, it is, it is a mix. Um, so I don't think we've got exact numbers on how many of our staff live exactly where. But uh, I would say anecdotally, uh, yeah, quite a lot of our um, senior civil servants live in, uh, live in Darlington. Quite a lot live in other places as well. Joe talked about York. Um, I live a little, 10 miles south of, uh, of, of Darlington. But it is, um, I, I think... I would say about Darlington. So I, I, I held up my hands. I'd never been to Darlington apart from through, through on a train before uh, DEC was set up. Darlington is a brilliant town. Uh, you know, so much community engagement. It's great places to live. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I think there's quite a lot of perception about, uh, you know, not just Darlington, but other areas in the, in, in the northeast that I think this is part of, um, you know, breaking that down as well. Let's do one point on yeah, that, actually, which is that, that, that focuses a bit on the relocation, doesn't it? And one of the things that, you know, we asked, you asked me about sustainability at the beginning. Well, what's going to be sustainability? Sustainability is, going to, is that we are going to be able to grow people into those senior roles over time. Um, because actually, if you look at the cadre of people that are in the most senior roles at the moment, most of them haven't been recruited into Darlington directly, although some of them have. My, we've had a new Director General in the Department of Business and Trade, director, uh, which was recruited straight into Darlington uh, um, last, uh, started last week. So, so over time, you would I would expect to see that sort of shifting. You know, we will continue to have relocations. We should continue to want to have relocations. It's good. You actually want people who've got some, you know, perhaps some experience of uh, uh, of, of working in, in central government. And some of that isn't, you know, if you're recruiting everybody locally, it's kind of to the first, first roles in government, you don't get that. You need to maintain that mix. But over time, I suspect we'll see some of that shift because we will want, you know, if you ask us this question in 10 years' time, we will want our senior leaders to have been people who have been working in the campus, hopefully having spun through a number of departments on the campus and had really interesting careers, but be based, you know, absolutely kind of, you know, here and, and bringing that kind of all that, that, that means with them. Thank you. Let's do another round of questions in the room. Uh, there's a gentleman there and there, and uh, then I'll come to someone else who wants to. But middle of the second row, Maddie. Um. Thanks a lot. I'm, I'm, my name's Chris McEwen. I'm the Deputy Leader of uh, Darlington Borough Council. A um, couple of comments. First, um, I welcome DEC, and I think a lot of my colleagues do welcome DEC. 
I'm, f I'm not qualified at all to say what a future Labour administration might do. Um, however, however, my observation would be, this is a good example of, um, I did economics many, many years ago. This is a good example of redistribution of government spend. But I think the more interesting thing that's been reinforced today is about the change in working practice, probably enabled by technology, and about the cross-fertilisation that's going on here from a campus perspective, which I think is really powerful, and why wouldn't you argue for its retention? And the third reason, as, as I say, I'm not, I'm not qualified to say what a future government might do, but wh why wouldn't you stay in Darlington, which has got, um, you know, it's got historic value in terms of its transport links. It has those that value now, but it's always had that value over the last five, um, 700 years. And there's a the number of politicians sat here who would, would hopefully agree with me. And the, f the final comment I would make is um, a lot of discussion about people from pu locally public sector moving in, in here. And, and for me, um, I'm going to be quite positive about that. There's a bit of disruption going on, but I'm a, I'm a great believer in the maxim of you only have good people on loan. And th there, is, there is that movement and churn which will actually gr grow the market. Anyway, I'll shut up with my yeah. typical <laughs> local <laughs> councillor. That's good stuff. Thank, thanks, Chris. There's a question from Tom over there by the window. Uh, and I know what he's going to ask because he was advertising on Twitter earlier. Unless he's changed his mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's entirely up to you, Tom, what you ask. Hi, yeah, um, I'm Tom Forth. I'm the founder and CTO of The Data City. Uh, we've talked, the report is really very good on the success of the Darlington Economic Campus. Uh, a lot of that is versus the counterfactual of things staying in London. I wondered if we could talk about the success of the Darlington Economic Campus versus the other counterfactual, which is somewhere like Leeds or Newcastle, as a, a place where people would be. What does Darlington offer that Leeds and Newcastle can't? Great question. Thank you, Tom. Which wasn't the one you advertised. So. Uh, one more, or we can take those two. Anyone else want to? Another. Um, let's go to the woman there, and I'll come back if there's another one. Hello, um, Delphine Strauss from the Financial Times. Um, I'd just be interested if you could offer a couple of examples of um, ways in which you think that the mix of people who are on the campus here and the access you have to local stakeholders has changed the way that policy is made. Great. Good set of questions. Thank you um, all. Uh, right, where should we go? The sort of the general cross-fertilisation of um, uh, and the value of Darlington and an endorsement of it from uh, Chris as the deputy leader. Tom, about other counterfactuals, um, uh, uh, different um, cities rather than as opposed to London, and Delphine about uh, the extent to which it's changed uh, policy. Um, Jojo, so, take one of those. Um, in terms of the counterfactual of Darlington versus elsewhere, there's um, government relocation going on uh, elsewhere, um, including in the places that you mentioned. I think in the report it touches on uh, the trade-offs potentially between other cities and, uh, uh, and towns. And I think having, uh, there is, enough capacity to have uh, successful hubs outside of London and the southeast in multiple different locations. Uh, we talked before about 
what are some of the common enabling factors that you need? So a good transport connections, having a large enough travel to work area, the right, which means that you get access to a good uh, labour market. And then the kind of flip side is, what are you trying to do with that location? What's your vision for it? What makes it kind of uh, unique or a, a better way of doing things than you otherwise would have? And I think Darlington certainly proven its own worth. And I think it's important in this point about both access to a different range of skills and talents and access to a different range of perspectives that we think about locations that are towns, not just other big cities. But uh, there's, it's perfectly possible to then have successful models in other big cities too. So I don't think it has to be in either or. Uh, but it is true to say that Darlington um, and speaking as a Treasury Minister, the economic campus has been a kind of big um, factor for us and then some of the other departments that are here. But this is something that is happening elsewhere in the country uh, too. I should also just say, I mean, I think the success of this campus means that I think it will have uh, longevity uh, regardless of what happens in government because it... it uh, it is successful in its own right. It's got its own uh, kind of um, track record. And yes, the Prime Minister still works here a lot, but the new Chancellor, his constituencies in Surrey, it's not a kind of uh, direct commute um, up to Darlington. And uh, we've got Treasury Ministers from a range of locations that still uh, come here and work very closely with the campus. And I think that will continue to be the case. Thank you. And so maybe, well, this is Beth and Joe. You can give a sense of the, both the counterfactual point um, and the extent to which it's changed policy from the inside at the campus, if you like. And then I'll ask Mike and Andrew what it feels like from the outside. But who wants to kick off? Sure. Um, yeah, so just a, a couple of things. So I think on the town versus city point, I suppose, um, just to pick up one of the things I said earlier. So I do think what is quite different here, and I think probably would be quite different even for being in Leeds or, or Newcastle or other places, is you know, we are very much one of the biggest employers in this in this town. And I think the, the kind of role as a local employer, the, the, the feeling you have of being close to the local community, and you know, we talked about young people going out to local schools and all of that, I think um, that is just probably I suppose more acute here or you you get much more stronger feeling here and I think as I say that is a really uh, positive experience for lots of our staff and hopefully a positive experience for the uh, the town as well. Um, just to pick up one other point on the, the labour market point, so um, I think and the labour market disruption point, I think obviously there is some short-term disruption, but I think one of the things that we feel really strongly is about we're part of an ecosystem here in the in the town and the broader northeast. And yes, we're sort of at the moment sucking people in, but we're going to start you know finding people out, and we become you know we're we're doing something that is improving the skills and the opportunities for uh, and working with local partners and thinking about secondments and all of those kind of things. So I think there's something to develop over time on on that. Um, just on the difference to, to policy making, I mean, look, I think this is a really hard question to point at one particular thing or more, more things that have changed. And obviously, ultimately, it's ministers that make uh, the policy decisions. But I think it cannot fail to be the case that that the fact that we have a different set of people, a broader set of people writing the policy advice for whichever uh, departmental minister, bringing their own personal experiences as well as the evidence and analysis in, in, into that, um, should make our policy advice better and 
and, and richer. And I think we are talking to different stakeholders here. We have a set of, I think, much deeper and richer relationships with the local authorities here, for example. Um, and I think from a Treasury perspective, we're definitely talking to different types of businesses uh, than we would do if we were in uh, London. So I think all of that, um, you know, does does feed into, I think, what you called in, in your report the sausage machine of policy making. I mean, I would really like us over time, though, to think a bit more about that question. And I think um, we, uh, we could probably be a bit more deliberate, I think, about clustering particular types of roles here to enable teams to work across departments on particular policy issues. And then you might uh, you know, see some different things coming out of the kind of campus uh, dynamic, but that's something for us to think about a bit more mm. going forward. And so, what do you what do you buy in Darlington versus what you buy in Leeds or Manchester? Or so uh, c the community connection and it being a town. Yeah. I think I grew up in a town in Cheshire. Uh, the dynamics of a town are quite different from the dynamics of a city, actually. Um, and I think that this is you know this is brave and innovative, and it's hard, but that the positive stuff that we're doing makes it even better because of it. So I, I, I think this is, you know, as Baroness Penn said, you know, we will do, we, will do, we are doing, we, we, are, we are locating tons of jobs outside of, uh, of London as we should be right across the United Kingdom. We're not doing many of them as campuses. I think that's something that's really interesting. Many of them are just departments kind of moving stuff to other places. I think there's a kind of real opportunity for us to doing more kind of in that. And particularly as we think about career pathways for civil servants outside of, uh, you know, an individual department in a place, place-based careers rather than, you know, sort of particularly sort of department-based careers. There's a real opportunity for that. So, you know, that's the campus bit. But I think, I mean, Beth's right. I mean, this is... The sort of, you know, you don't get disconnected if you're sitting in the middle of Whitehall. You're not kind of bongling about with a local council and kind of, you know, picking up litter on the Saturday morning in the park and whatnot. This is not what you do. That connection feels really, really different and very exciting. Very exciting. Um, so I don't know what the kind of factor would be economically, but certainly in terms of, you know, the experiment, if you like, which I hope we'll soon, you know, it is not an experiment anymore, but kind of what it feels like. Uh, the adventure, should I say, better. You know, that does feel quite different from, I think, you know, being in a kind of, you know, an office block in the middle of Leeds or whatnot. Uh, that's quite right. The, 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 the policy question is a really hard one, and that we sort of think, well, how are we going to do this? Um, I think it, uh, that, you know, we will necessarily have, with different perspectives, oh, we already have it, different challenges. Why are we doing it like this? We've got quite a lot of like, I'm looking at this, this seems mad. You sort of go, oh my God, with these fresh eyes, it is mad. Why are we doing this? Um, the, the, we will get that just by having a different gang of people than the people we would like naturally kind of uh, recruit, recruit in other places. But I think we're, we do actually, and we, we're out and about a lot, and some of that can't fail to kind of percolate through the way that we're doing things and how we're doing it, the conversations that we're having with each other, the happenstance conversations I mentioned, but you kind of bump into each other and you kind of gain a slightly different perspective on the thing that you're thinking about. That happens a lot. But I do think that we've got, and we've been thinking about whether there are certain things that the deck can get known for. Are there certain things that if you've got a problem that requires, I don't know, John Kelly's data science, to solve it across government, you know, could we be the people that you turn to for that? Or I don't know, regional growth. You know, what, what are there certain things that we should seek to kind of increasingly over time, kind of you know, get ourselves a bit more deliberately uh, kind of uh, known for? But of course, the issue in that, as, as Baroness Penn mentioned, is that we are now all working in a very different way. One of the things that it is very unlikely that you will have your team here. Yeah. No one has their team here. And one of the kind of great things about Darlington is unlike other bits of government where people will go into the office to be with their team. People don't come into the office to be with their team here because their team is mostly not here. They come into the office to be part of this thing. It's quite a different sort of offer in terms of, uh, of you know, what we collaborate on. We've got two minutes left. There was one quick question that I'm going to sneak in because I did imply that I would, uh, Elliot, if there's a mic. Um, 
uh, around, maybe? Um, no, I've, okay. I've surprised her. Go for it and I'll repeat it. Uh, I worked in Durham University and Teesside and I strongly support the development. I also, however, I also worked in government regional offices under a conservative government concerned with regional development. And for instance, I was there when they decided on the future of Darlington with uh, giving it development status after the closure of the locomotive works. And that was done in the context of very close analysis of job movements and employment. And the point I'm making is that the Conservative government was actually very keen on equity across all areas of Labour Conservative with them and everything in development. Can areas. I hurry you to a question? Because I'm just conscious we're at two o'clock. Uh, please look very carefully at the statistics and regional identity of questions in drawing up the shortlist of next, next places. I mean, I could suggest Wigan, Warrington, Doncaster, that sort of thing. Yeah. But you need to be very precise, and I'd like to know that um, the future is being planned conscientiously and that other places get a look in. And I say that as a strong supporter of Darlington. Thank you. Andrew, reaction to that? Um, I think it's good, and I think there's an interesting point there about understanding the data and kind of relates to the previous point about cities versus towns. I think it's understanding your attributes, the opportunities those attributes bring, but also the challenges, and then having the data to then respond to that challenge to offer a solution. Um, so about every availability of labour force, we knew when DEC announced they were coming to Darlington, it wouldn't be restricted to the Darlington local authority area. It has an impact much wider than that. It has an appeal much wider than that. Likewise, in terms of living, it, we've got urban living, suburban living, rural living in Darlington. So I think it's about understanding those attributes and having that data to back it up so that other locations can then, as you say, have, a, have a, an opportunity at maybe future potential. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've hit two o'clock, so I'm going to draw it to an end there. We could carry on uh, talking about this for much uh, longer. But um, really appreciate it. Brilliant panel. Thank you to all of you for your contributions. Thanks to the deck for having us uh, here. Thank you to PA Consulting for uh, enabling us to, um, to put on the event. Um, we'll have a video and a sound recording of the event on our website, and we'll put it out on one of our podcast feeds um, uh, shortly. Um, uh, so keep an eye out uh, for that and do um, spread the news far and wide. Uh, thank you all very much to the audience for some great questions. Thanks to those online uh, and enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs>